Welcome to the OES podcast. Today on the show, we got one of our BFFs in the whole world here. His name is Jack. He is the guitar Hello. player, the guitar player for Sleeping with Sirens and uh, Jack Incorporated. Yeah, the OG homie. <laughs> what up, dog? How you doing? What's good, baby? You know, just enjoying this shitty Nashville weather. Just uh, why did you? Why'd you move to Nashville? Cause you, where are you from? You're from Florida. I'm from Florida, but I okay. miss Florida, and that, I miss being in the craziest place of them all. I miss it. <laughs> you are I the did. Florida man. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I, dude. I, I literally am Florida man. There, there's no way around. <laughs> why'd you move to? Why did you move to Nashville? Well, cause originally we were gonna take a break as a band. We were gonna like take a hiatus because we were all kind of just over touring. And then I was like, all right, well, I need to move somewhere where I can still play because all I want to do is play. You guys know that. And it's like, I got here and then we put out that newest record. And all of a sudden, we all started getting along again and steam started picking back up. And I was like, man, I don't even need to be here anymore. So now I've been here for like two years. And I'm like, all right, it might be time to go back home. You got faked out. You faked yourself out. It wasn't me. I'm not going to say who it was, but it wasn't me. <laughs> 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 oh man i mean so you you live with your with your chick right you guys just got engaged congrats yeah, we, yeah man thank you so much man it's great congrats uh, dude enjoying, love that yeah it's so awesome man it's uh i'm enjoying i mean do you like it there though do you like do you like the nashville life besides the shitty weather right now don't lie i, mean, I, I you know i do the only thing i i don't like it the only thing i don't like about here and it's weird because we're all musicians, but whenever you go out or try to do anything, it's always like, so it's never just like, what's up? It's always like, so who do you play for? I'm like, I don't give a shit. You're like, are you stereotyping me? Are you stereotyping me right now? Yeah. That's like living in LA. Like people literally will ask you what you do before they ask you your name out here. It's crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then as soon as you tell them what you do, they're like, Oh, so what's your name? Let's be friends. Let me, yeah. Let me your, you they're like, yeah, what's your network? Ins- Let's network. What's your Instagram handle? And then you tell them and they're like, oh, you have under 900K. Like, we're going to move on right now. You're like, oh, shit. All right. Yeah, yeah dude. I, I'm, I've never been a fan of that stuff. And I don't think I ever will be. It's just. Oh, man. It's like, let us just live our fucking lives and like chill. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, that's crazy that you guys were going to take a hiatus. I didn't even know that. I like, I knew you guys were like kind of burnt out after that record before this record. And like, we had talked to Nick, uh, on an episode, but, uh, yeah, I didn't know that was going to happen, but it's fire that that new, that new record is amazing. And it like, yeah, uh, man, put so that fire in you. Yeah, it definitely put a fire under our asses and, um, like just motivated us all to be like, let's write the music we want to write again. You know, let's not have people tell us who to be or what to be anymore. And we were just like, dude, we kind of want to start being a heavier band. You know, like we want to, we want to go out there and be able to jump around and feel the energy and let everyone else feel that energy. And we didn't feel that for like two years of our lives. And we kind of got burnt out, you know? So, yeah. Well, it's super <laughs> easy to get to be burnt out when you're not fully like, maybe not necessarily like loving what you're doing, but if you feel that way, like like you, your music was changing and whatever was happening, it's hard. It's easy to be like, I'm fucking burnt out. Like that's what same thing happened to us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man, I was just going to say, 
both of our both of our bands and groups were a perfect example. It's like if you're obviously not doing something you love, you fall out of love with it, and then you just you're kind of just playing, you know, just playing just be, just to get by. You know, like you're just up yeah. there. And you're like, why am I up here? You want to come off stage and you want to feel the energy that everyone else just felt. You don't want to come off and just be like, man, what the hell did I just do for an hour? Yeah, <laughs> you're like you're like space out for like a full hour. Like that shit happens, but it's sick that like it's the best feeling to like come out of that. You know what I mean? And it's obviously you guys obviously came out of that feeling of not being in love with it or whatever. So it's fucking sick. Yeah. I mean, same with with you guys, man. I see all your, you know, videos and whenever I talk to you guys, you guys look so damn happy up there, dude. It makes me so happy. So I'm stoked for you guys, man. Oh man. Thank you, bro. It's, but you know, as you know, like shit, it's hard to get there. Where'd you go, bro? There you are. Uh, Dude, people, people are calling me right now. I don't know why. <laughs> You're like, I told him I'm doing something super important. If you yeah. fucking call me. I'm on CNN right now with the boys. Yo, what are you doing? Yo, Coops, uh, turn your mic back a, a tiny bit. Sorry. Turn I tried it down. to text you. So, yeah, sorry. I tried to text you. <laughs> it was just peaking a little. How is it? How is it for you guys not being able to, I mean, travel? I mean, every single weekend, because that's what you guys were doing for a while, right? Yeah, it just, yeah, we, our touring schedule would be like, you know, we'd leave for like four days, come home for three days, leave for one day, come home for five. Like it was always because we're just flying and, uh, yeah, it's all stopped. And then I came out to Colorado just to be with some family while like this whole thing was quarantining. And I was like, I mean, I'll probably be back in like two weeks. And then like LA's just shut down. So like, I'm like, I don't know, like we're going to go back when LA opens up. And, but we, uh, I set up a studio here. Coops has his studio. So we're still just like, you know, writing and producing yeah, man. I mean, doing our shit. Now's like the best time to write because when all this is over, I mean, everyone's going to be putting out new music when all this is over, you know? Yeah. People but are going to have albums on deck, dude. Yeah, straight to your house. Dude, yeah. that, that it's been literally weird. what I'm doing. I've just been, I've been like working out, working on music, and then we've been doing like live. Shit, now you're too quiet. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> How am I now? How am I now? Go a little bit up. Tiny bit up. What's Gucci? How, All right, there we sounding? go. There we uh, go. Yeah, it's been weird, man. Like, uh, we've been invited. We didn't know that this was going to happen, but all of a sudden, like, the, like, electronic music space just shifted so fast, and now it's just all these live streams, and we didn't know that that was going to happen. So Dave's, like, quarantined in Denver, and we're getting hit up to do, like, all these live streams. So I've, like, had to learn how to, like, become, like, a green screen special effects guy all of a sudden, like... Put on shit on like green screen. Like overnight, our manager was literally like, "What do you mean you don't have a green screen light studio in your house?" I'm like, "Motherfucker, why would I have that in my house? What are yeah, you talking why about? Why the hell would I need a green screen in my house for anything? Yeah, what do yeah, you mean? Dude. I'm not shooting Avatar over here, you motherfucker. No. Yeah. So he like he like gave us all this shit. So we like had to go like buy like all this green screen shit and stuff. But it's pretty crazy. Like we played a show in China from my kitchen, which was crazy weird and they just like put it up on the led screen in china that's sick that's fucking weird yeah we got we got hit up we're like they're like you guys want to do like a you know a live stream thing we're like our drummer lives in australia and our bass player lives in michigan and i live in tennessee i'm like yo we all live in different places but we're gonna like we're like how is this gonna be possible so we're trying to think of a cool way now how to do like a virtual concert but make it actually look like a show so yeah. we're waiting to see how that can happen. So we're trying to I wait was, for, 
brainstorm ideas and shit like that. I was going to ask you about that because I know you guys are like, Kellen's in like Oregon, you're in Tennessee, like you guys are all over the place, right? Yeah, Nick's in LA, Justin's Michigan, Drummer's li- drummer lives in like a small town in Australia. Yeah. So <laughs> like when you four, four hour train from Sydney to get there. <laughs> like, so, like when, two- so when you... When you guys are starting a tour, do you just maybe like enter the city of your first date, all of you, and then like rehearse for like a week or like what's the vibe there? How do you guys make that work? No, we, we all, uh, we rehearse in Nashville. So our storage unit's here. We practice out here. So it's like, and that's another reason I moved out here too, is because instead of taking that five days extra away from home, now I can rehearse with the boys and come home with the lady and the dogs for a couple extra days before I ship out for like two months, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we just practice here. So, that's sick yeah it's pretty it's pretty convenient yeah i love that how is uh how's the new drummer i love that kid i've met him like a few times he's the nicest guy ever dude that's exactly what i was gonna say like he's literally the nicest dude in the entire world um loves his craft but he's extremely nitpicky though like we always we always fuck with him like he'll his practice pad and his like little seat set up in the corner of the room every single day and i'll move his seat like two inches so look around he's like who moved my seat? I'm like, get all pissed off. <laughs> like, like, nah, dude. But no, he's he's amazing to be around. He brings like a really good, you know, me and Justin are like super crazy. And Nick and Kellen are super chill. And he's like right in the middle of both. So like, it's perfect. It's a perfect bond for all of us, man. That's yeah. sick. That's awesome. How's, uh, how's the, rea- I mean, I can see the reaction, obviously, but like, how is the reaction to the new record? It literally feels like, it, it, in like a weird way, it feels like that record before to me, like it didn't happen. You know what I mean? It, it feels like you skipped over that record and now it's just like balls to the fucking wall. Like everybody's so hyped up again. Like you guys, the fans, like everybody. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the plan to be honest. Like we don't, we don't even play anything off that record anymore. Uh, my guys will hate me for saying this, but I think it's our Metallica St. Anger of our, our band's records. I think, <laughs> I think it's just one of those records that, at that time in our life, that's what people were telling us to be. And, you know, people were kind of just shifting our direction as a band. And, you know, but sometimes it takes that to find the real you and what you really want to do. So, like, for sure, I, I don't look at that record as, like, a bad part in my life. I look at it as a, a very big, like, learning experience. It's, like, major label, pop songs, so on, so forth. And then a week before the record comes out, everyone at the major label was different like the president vice president everyone working the record i'm like you're not the same guy i've been talking to for six months who are you they're like well we had to fire 16 people i'm like well that's good for our record at least then pretty soon dude that's so interesting you say that because exact same thing happened to us when we were on fearless we had blackout on the radio we were signed by columbia and they put us with the a and r that we were like oh we like actually fuck with this dude like he's cool and then three weeks later, they switch it to a different guy who was, like, basically just, like, given the project. Like, he didn't, like, want it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it felt yeah. like. And that's the yeah. worst feeling in the fucking world, dude. Well, because that guy's not going to care about your band. He's just handed your record because he works there, and he's an A&R. Like, you know, it's like, or she. It's like, it's like, oh, you work here, and the guy in the desk next to you got fired, so now you're taking over this. And the dude's like, oh, I didn't sign this band. I don't. Yeah, they just throw the CD on the desk, like, here, this is the shit you're working with this week, pal. It's like, yeah. But, I mean, the, some people have those bad experiences with major labels, and it just happens to be bands that come from where we from, that come from where we come from, like, 90% of the time. But, I mean, 
if you're a major label artist and they feel like putting the money into you and pushing you, then it's, it's awesome. I'm it just sure happened awesome. to us on Atlantic three months ago. We had a product manager, Becca, and she was fucking killing it. We're like, oh, she's the best. Then all of a sudden, like, uh, what, a week probably? Like, like before like, it comes out, they're like, oh, yeah, new product managers on the, on the, uh, on the project. And we're like, what happened? Becca was, like, smashing it. And they're like, oh, she got hired by a tech company and got like a buyout from Atlantic. And it didn't like affect us luckily and was okay. But it was just like, all right, I guess this is like super normal. Like she was just working on it. And now this person has to play catch up for two weeks and the record comes out in a week. But let's do it. <laughs> Dude, that shit's so stressful, man. But luckily it worked out though. Because if it didn't, that would fucking suck. Yeah. Yeah. The, so- crazy, the crazy thing is that, ha- that happened to you guys. And I feel like it happens to so many bands, man. It's like, you get signed for something that you're doing right. You know what I mean? Like, like sleeping is like when you guys signed to the major label, you're massive. We just toured with you. Like before that we're selling out like multiple nights in three to 5,000 cap rooms, like top of the world. I don't understand why they sign a band for beat for doing something. And then they're like, yo, all that shit that made you successful. Let's just change that real quick. And you're like, why would we change it? Like it's why you signed us. Yeah, I, I've never understood that either, man. It's like, it's one of those things trying to just get thrown to the wolves. But for some reason, you always listen. And I don't know why. Like, we were just it's like, like, it's scary. We need, to, we need to change up. We should be a fucking pop band, blah, blah, blah. And we we're just like, because you had these dudes in suits with, you know, all their artists, like Cardi B and Lil Pump and all this shit posted all over their studio. Like, okay, well, maybe they're doing something right. But obviously, it didn't work for our band. You know what I mean? So it's like, sometimes you listen to the suits, man. It sucks. It really does. Well, it's, 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 it's intimidating as like a, you know, a band going into like major labels. Like you're like, Oh, these guys know what the fuck they're talking about. So like, if they suggest something like my brain instantly is going to kind of just go to what they're saying and think it's right because they're at the position that they're in rather than really taking a seat back and being like, yeah, I don't want to do this. Like they wanted BC to be like, LMFAO and whether or not some people would relate us or not, we didn't see ourselves that way necessarily. And that's why our big thing happened with them where we were like, I mean, no, we don't want to fucking do this. Tommy can dance like that dude in the music video though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> true. True. I got some moves on him. That's dude. not a lie. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't there when it went down. Otherwise we would have just put my dancing forward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We uh, gone full LMFAO. <laughs> I think it's because like, I also think it's because like you do so you guys were what album was that like four three yeah four it was four or five five so it's like you've done something for four albums too and like I think that the idea of change and something new is also exciting at some point you know you're like you're like oh shit like we've been doing this it's working like what can we do to to become every band wants to be the biggest band in the world if you're a band and you say you don't want to be the biggest band in the world you're a fucking liar you're a, liar. You're you're a, a bullshit liar, liar. <laughs> any band that's like we like being underground it's like no you don't you just haven't gotten big yet and you're sour but yeah. Like, yeah. every band yeah. wants to be the biggest so you think about it you're like damn like you know maybe you know we won't go full pop and then all of a sudden you're in these writing sessions and you're like i don't necessarily like it but this dude wrote fucking super bass for cart whatever you know for uh, Nicki minaj whatever and then you're like, so they must know what they're talking about. And you're like, I wouldn't mind being the biggest band in the world. Let's try it. You know, we've done four albums. Let's give it a go. And then by the end of it, you kind of like lose yourself. And then you don't realize it till like it's over. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you guys because I've known you guys for years and I'm on a podcast. Shit. It's like, dude, on that record that we did, like 
everything that the band would come up with, everyone would say, it's trash, it's shit, so on and so forth. So every single song of the 12 or 11 songs was all different co-writes with just our singer. Because everything that we came up with, no one, no one working on the record was like, oh, that stands out. That, that doesn't, you know, go with what we're trying to do with you guys. And some of those songs made it onto our new record. So now I look back, I'm like, ha fuck you guys. Your songs yeah, exactly. are obviously ours are doing a lot better. So, yeah. It's well, got to feel it, good though, man. You go back to, you went, you, now you're on, you guys signed that record to Sumerian, right? Yeah, man. And I love them. They are very, they're so hands-on and they, they give a shit and they care. You know what I mean? Like Ash is on that label now for so long and he still gives a shit. He still cares and he'll still randomly text you every two weeks, a month and just be like, Hey man, I hope you're doing well. You know, how's everything records killing it. Can't wait to see you guys soon. You know what I mean? Like, and if you send him like snippets of new songs, he responds instantly. Even if it's like a five second video, he'll just be like, I can't wait to hear it. You know what I mean? Like he cares. And everyone there is great to be around. That shit feels so good. You know what I mean? Like knowing somebody like actually cares about what you're doing and you're not just like another random, you know, artist that they can throw out there and hope it sticks. Like the major label game is kind of like an odds game. It's like, all right, if we throw out a hundred guys, one or two is probably going to stick. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. But when you, when you have a family like that, like Sumerian, like we've never signed to them, but like I've known those dudes and they always seem like super cool dudes. Like it makes you want to even like spend more time writing and more time focusing and fall in love again with that's kind of how the whole conversation even started. You know what I mean? Like fall in yeah, love again with what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. And they have a, their radio guy, Mike, it's like, it's like they have like an in-house radio team as well. So you don't have to like do all this outsourcing and shit. Like he knows everybody in there. Like, you just randomly get hit up. They're like, hey, do you want to do an interview for this rock radio? And then all of a sudden you see your song start to climb. It's just because this dude's just grinding and working and going to dinners and meetings. And he wants to make sure every band on that label is having some kind of rock radio success. It's yeah. great, man. It's cool. That's awesome, dude. I'm so super happy for you dudes. Yeah, man. Are you guys, uh, are you guys writing right now? Like, are, like all separately, just like writing? Uh, yeah. Is it, it will um, be a new record, I guess? Well, the plan is we're going to we're think we're going to do a re-release of our record with maybe some acoustic songs and maybe a new song. Well, definitely a new song and some acoustic songs. I'm not going to fucking lie. Um, I don't know when it's coming out yet, though. But um, probably maybe we're shooting sometime July to September kind of vibe. But uh, we're going to re-release the record, finish the year off, maybe tour. Who knows at this if point? Touring is, if touring is allowed. But dude, yeah, man, I've just been um, writing the new writing the new record um, at my house and just spamming Kellen with ideas. Like the way I write is like I do a verse, I do an intro, a verse, and a chorus. I don't write anymore because that's just how I write. And if I, he likes it, then I'll finish the song. But if he doesn't, I literally just drag it to the trash can and throw it away. That's just yeah. how I've always been. It's and like, cry. I, I drag it to the trash can, throw it away, and cry for thirty minutes. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like for me, I don't, I don't get like butthurt or anything ever when someone's like, I've always been like that. Someone's like, I don't like this idea. I'm like, okay, cool. Give me five minutes and I'll come up with something else. It's like, yeah. And I'm one of those people also, like if I'm working on something for like an hour and I get stuck, I don't go back. Like I'm like, ah, if I'm getting stuck, if it flow, if it keeps flowing, I'll consistently work on it, you know? But as soon as I kind of get stuck on something, I'm just like, Maybe it's just not right. 
and I'll sit yeah. on it for a couple days, you know. I fully feel that. That's like, like uh, oh, sorry, D, go ahead. Oh no, I just was in it to say like that's that's kind of how we do shit too. Like we don't like if I start an idea and it's like been an hour and like I have gone nowhere, I'm like, all right, fuck this, I'm moving on. Like people waste so much time trying to figure out that one perfect. Even like for us, we're doing like electronic production, so it's like we could spend like three hours on like compressing a fucking clap or something, you know? And it's like <laughs> nobody cares about the clap, you know what I mean? Like it's stupid. Like let's focus on like the song and how well the song vibes and how well we're vibing with writing the certain song so that's how we approached that's how we approached this whole our whole new album is like from the artwork to the videos to everything it was just the first thought of what we thought it should be is what it was like we just got the budget from the label we took the budget and we were just like yo we're doing everything ourselves and we just like everything was just the first thing like the first chorus written for the song the first thing that we came up with artwork, the first video idea, like everything was just like, this is what feels right. This is what makes sense right away. We should just go with it. And it, it felt so good to not be like, let's make 7,000 versions of everything. Let's do this. Let's do that. And just get so hung up. Cause you just get in your own head and nothing's ever good enough. Yeah. I mean, I heard it. You sent it to me. Sorry, Dave. Tommy sent it to me before it came out and later. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was literally, I was at the gym. I was like, oh, sick. I'm listening to it. Man, Friends are back. It's so damn good, man. It's, and I like to see that you're on, you're singing shit again. Like it makes you guys super unique. And uh, I appreciate it, dude. It's a fucking great record. Dude, thanks. And uh, I mean, honestly, same to you guys. When I think you sent Tommy the record or who sent you, who sent you the record? <laughs> yeah, Jack sent me their record and I, we like traded. And yeah. He sent, he sent it to me on an airplane. And I listened to it. I was like, oh my God, this shit is so fire. I sent it to, bro, I also sent it to It was a secure connect. Secure connect. I sent it to AP. I sent it to everybody. That shit leaked. Oh, yeah, that was your (laughs) We put snippets on Instagram story. Don't worry about it. I put it on my own Spotify and said it was my (laughs) band. Yeah, I don't care. You guys know I'll forever send you guys shit early. After we get off this, I'll send you the new song too. Hell yeah, do it. I yeah, love that. Period. Dude, so what's your, what is your story? Like, I don't know your guys' story of how you guys even all met. Because, like, you guys are all from different places. You were in a band called Broadway. Shout the fuck out. That record is fire as fuck. Um, sick, sick. Was, and your band was signed by Josh Umbrella, who we all three of us were, like, crazy close with randomly. Like, I, I don't, how did you join Sleeping? How did you meet Kellen? How did Kellen meet? Justin, how did just, like I don't know. I really all right. know how you guys all came all right. together. Let me see if let me see if I could do this the right way. So Kellen and Justin used to be in a band called For All We Know from Michigan. And then with our old drummer Gabe. And then his brother was the screamer. So his brother hit me up to play guitar for them. And I was almost gonna move to Michigan. But then their band broke up. So I didn't talk to him on AIM for a couple, you know, AIM was a thing, which is sick. I didn't talk to him on AIM for a while. And then they started sleeping without me, obviously, because I was in Broadway. So Broadway and sleeping went on tour together. Broadway took sleeping out, represent Broadway. Uh, Broadway (laughs) took sleeping out on tour. It was us, we car, sleeping. Um, And then... I didn't talk to the guys because I didn't like them. I, I thought Kellen was a shithead. I was like, I'm not going to talk to this dude with his soul pack, <laughs> flannel, and like his, his little spray-on jeans. Dude, whatever. I was a shithead <laughs> kid. And they walking around with no shoes on. And I was like, all right, whatever. Um, and then like 
I ended up liking the dudes the, like by the end of the tour. And like a year goes by and Kellen calls me. He's like, hey, we're going to kick out our guitar player. Can we pick you up in Georgia? Do you want to drive to Georgia and like get picked up by us? And we'll go write the Let's Cheers to this record. So I said, absolutely. So I literally got in the car with my friends, drove from Florida to Georgia, got picked up by Kellen and Justin, and then drove all the way out to Oregon to start to write the record. Which is which is the first the first record that came out, the first like official record, right? Well, no, that was the Let's Cheers to this record, the second record. Oh, okay, second record, second record. So I was on the second record. Oh, I so, didn't even know you weren't on the first record. That's crazy. No, I was no, I was I think I was a bag boy at Publix during that time, to be honest. I was working at a grocery store or something. Um, You're like, I don't know if I want to meet up with you guys. I got a good thing going on over here. I got some sick shit happening over here. But yeah, there's, so, gonna be a, there's gonna be a pandemic in about 12 years, and working at a grocery store is gonna be the uh, scariest thing in the world. But I think I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So man, I do. When we all kind of just met then, like that, I worked on that record with them. And then somehow we, I don't even remember how we met Nick. I literally don't remember. I was just like, when we kicked well, the thing out. Is everybody knows Nick. Like Nick is just that dude that if you were in the scene at any point of like work, somehow you just know Nick. He knows well, everybody. It's so funny because my, my old band, Broadway, was on the same label as Underminded, which was Nick's old band. So somehow we've all been connected for all these years. That's crazy. So That's so then, crazy. Soon as, as soon as all the shit with our old guitar player went down, we were like, who do we get? I don't know. Let's hit up the guy from Underminded. He can scream and play guitar good. And we called him right away. He was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so then there was the four of us. And then we've known Maddie for years from Tonight Alive and shit. The second all that stuff happened, we were just like, the first person we're going to call is fucking Maddie. Like, we, he, we know how sweet he is, how good of a drummer he is. And now we're all here together like it's it's and it's never going to change like i can't see myself on stage without those four dudes ever oh, yeah. you know I mean? like that's like if i if i don't look over and see justin high as shit playing his bass like that's not the kind of show <laughs> i want to be playing you know yeah. <laughs> kellen dropping his mic maddie just staring at his drum kit waiting for something to like move a centimeter <laughs> like you know what i mean it's just i can't see myself doing my thing without those dudes man so. You know what I think is, is super impressive too is like, and I don't know if this is going to get weird, but like there's so many bands that like have come and gone so quickly and it's just cool to see dudes that you know like are great guys still fucking like thriving and like ripping and just killing it so many years later. Do you know what I mean? Like in the past yeah. like, you know, 11, 12 years that we've been doing, you know, BC and sleeping or whatever, like there's been so many bands that have come and gone and it's just, I think it's fucking impressive and it's dope that like when a group of dudes can stick it out and stick together and like rip through the hard times together and just fucking come out of it on the, on a good side and still be going is just something that needs to be said. I think it's fire. Yeah, dude. It, it's super weird to think about. Like I'm super grateful. It's like one of those things when you see like when you're a kid and you're like, man, that band's been around forever. It's like, that's how I feel now. It's like, I've been in the band for 10 years. They've been a band for 11 years. It's like, I see bands like Papa Roach doing the 20th anniversary of their like first big record. And I'm like, dude, you know, to think about if our band can make it another nine years, 
Like, shit, dude, I'm going to be gray and just bitter and old on stage at that point, dude. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm all 30 years old. Be 30. You're telling me I'm going to be doing the same shit when I'm 39? I'd be so happy. I'd yeah. be so stoked. That's what's That's fucking thing. sick about it. I think like, I think it's because like you guys are a lot like us. Like that's why we click so well. It's like, it really comes down to like what kind of person you are, man. Cause there's people that, sh- that think that they want to do it. And then when like the times get hard or, you know, you got to like do certain things, they just bitch and they complain, but it's like you guys and we're like the kind of people we're like, yeah, you might have a bad day, but at the end of the day, you look at yourself and you're like, dude, I get to play music and I like don't, I haven't had to get a real job since I started doing this. And like, it could be so much worse. You know what I mean? And being in the music industry or in any entertainment, it's like the highest highs and the lowest lows. And you got to be like a certain kind of person to be able to like ride that wave. Yeah, dude, it's, it's definitely hard because when you're, when you're on the, when you're on the climb as an artist, like people don't expect anything out of you. You know what I mean? And then once you get to a certain level, it's like people are coming up to you and like, you saved my life. Your music did this for me. Your music did that. And like, you have to take it all in. You kind of have to change, not like change who you are, but it's just like, it's just like one of those things, like you feel more res- like responsible. You know what I mean? There's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Once you like start to climb as an artist. Like when you're like in a band, just, you know, eating Taco Bell every day, like that's when, that's when it was like super fun. And now it's, still very fun but now it's like more of a job and you like you meet all these fans and like you save all these lives and it's just like it's crazy to think that music reaches people like that you know what i mean because when i was a kid like i didn't wait in line at shows for two days or like get to a venue at six in the morning same yeah you know what i mean like no it's it's super what were you gonna say no no i'm just i was just gonna say it's super crazy like you're right you're dead on with that it's like it's a it's a responsibility and like but you have to fight through so much shit you know what i mean to like get there you guys both lived in a band before like that shit's not easy dude like oh that my God, dude. we were talking just, about it we were just talking about it recently we're like because now like dj world when you start touring as a dj it's like you get hotels every night you fly everywhere and like we meet some people you know they like they'll complain like i'm not gonna say who but you just look at them and you're like dog I toured in a van with 15 people. Like, we were lucky if we got a motel room. We were eating, like, sharing a dollar menu every night. Like, we went through the hardest shit, but it was so much fun. Dude, it, it, it was so much fun. Like, I look back on – I think about that all the time. Me and Callum talked about it yesterday. It's like, I do miss, like, the long drives at night. You know what I mean? Have to stay up and be a co-pilot and stop at stupid, like, attractions and shit. But it's like – I'm, I'm like comfortable and happy where I am now, you know, like I want to change that for the world, but I do miss a lot about the old days. I that miss those times. Very no, irresponsible. Sorry, go ahead. You know, I miss when it was very irresponsible, you know what I mean? But now it's definitely a job. It's a job for sure. Yeah. I mean, we can put you in a van. We can put you in a van for the next tour if you want, man. No, no. no. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely went from like, nobody gave one fuck about anything besides like partying and girls. Like that was like, bc's first like four years of our career was like parties girls and if we have time we'll make some music <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah dude, i mean no one gave that, a shit that's when we did warp tour together it was fucking crazy dude it was <laughs> yeah. the crazy that was the craziest summer of my entire damn life was with you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dude like those times and, and, and it is interesting how like you know you get older and you get through shit and you go through shit and you're like okay now 
if I take this, if I would have taken this very seriously, like I do now when we started, like, I, I don't know where that I would be, but I definitely wouldn't have had as much fucking fun. You know what I mean? Like, I'll yeah. tell you that. You need Dude, to. I, I remember. What were you going to say? No, go, you go. Uh, go. I was going to say, I was going <laughs> to say, you need those times of like being a shithead though. Cause there's those bands. We've all known those bands that start and it's almost like contrived. Like they start the band and it's a business from like day one. And you look at those shitheads and you're like, you guys fucking suck. Like you, you yeah. need those times of like being a total shithead and making those mistakes to like become an adult. Right. Like, like it, it, if you just start a band and it's just a business from day one, it's like you miss all the fun fans see through that shit. Like any band that's like that, people are like, okay, you might have some fans, but we see through it. Like you guys aren't like really loving it. And it makes you who you are. You need to go broke. You need to, you know, sign a shitty merch deal. You need to do those things to where you love. Oh, my God. Like, I won't do that again. <laughs> We're all having I mean, that, a shitty merch deal. <laughs> that was like our, that like, touring on the bus in the vans, like, that was like our, like, dorm room. That was like our college time. That was when we were just like, we don't need to go into detail, but you know what I mean, boys. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, it was, it was pretty <laughs> fucked up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I remember... I remember on Warp Tour, we had, like, a breakfast club, and we had all drink, like, Everclear and orange juice at, like, 9 in the morning. <laughs> morning. I'm like, now I look back up, but it's like, like, you guys were saying, like, bands that take themselves too seriously and don't have that stage, like, I don't know how you do it. Like, I don't know how you can be such, like, like political, in a, in a sense, like, just wake up and be like, oh, I'm in a band, it's all business. It's like, no, it's not, motherfucker, have some fun. Like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna get blacked the fuck out drunk every day for like a two month tour. Like that's yes. how I'm living right now. Yeah, it, it's like I re like some people are like, I mean, I don't really drink anymore before I play. Like I have like one shot, which is crazy for me, knowing that you guys both know. I'll have like one shot before I go on stage now, like total. And uh, I look at bands like I don't I don't you know I don't really drink before I play. Like I understand that. But one isn't going to do anything. You can just have a half. Just go up there and take a little half in you and just go up there. You're not going to change. You know? Yeah, straight drop. So how are, the, how are the vibes now? Like, you guys, you know, obviously you were having a rough time. Like, the, the vibes now, is it just, like, fucking balls to the wall? Everybody feels great. Like, the music is what you guys want to be doing. I mean, the tour, the last tour you guys did looked fucking, like, super successful which is amazing to be like at that point where you guys are at dude it was it's really fucking cool man everyone has their own personalities though and it's funny but me and justin won't ever let anybody chill it's like everyone be sitting on the bus watching a movie then we'll walk in like, oh there's ding and dong dude and we just start fucking turning on music shutting people's movies off you know what i mean but it's always a, it's always a good time we always just want people to like have high energy and have a good time it's just like we don't want anyone to ever be bummed out. You know what I mean? That That's yeah. like our goal in our camp. It's like we see someone's having a bad day. We're going to fuck with them until they tell us why. And then we're going to tell them, like, yo, it's okay. Like, why don't you come out with us? We'll make you laugh and make you have a good time. But, dude, it's just being on the road. Like I said, man, being on the road with those dudes, you can't be in a bad mood. Like, every single night after a show, we all, like, get on the bus and we all talk about, like, how fucking awesome the show was. No one bitches about anything. Like, I mean, I haven't had a bad show in, you know, two years now. So I'm fucking super grateful for that. It's amazing. Damn. That's fucking Yeah, you guys fire. still touring with, uh, is Ron still touring with you guys? No. Uh, <laughs> we actually <laughs> called Ron Patient Zero. Um, 
Uh, that's no, why man. I'm bringing it up because you you're like yeah we give people shit. I've never seen anybody get more shit than Ron. <laughs> no, it's it's fun. it's sad, but it's funny. But after like seven years of Ron being our tour manager and sound guy, we kind of had to split ways because we were both extremely comfortable with it. We were all extremely comfortable with each other. So it'd be like he was a sound guy and a tour manager, and it's like it just got to a point where the business kind of slacked on all of our, you know, all of our ends. Like we wouldn't talk to Ron, like, like our tour manager, we talked to him, like we talked to each other, you know, motherfuck this, motherfuck that. And we didn't, right. we didn't, we didn't want that anymore. Like we told, like he, it was a mutual thing. He was like, I love you guys. If we keep working together, we're going to hate each other. So I'm going to dip. We're like, funny you said that. This is your last tour. <laughs> yeah. You're like, now it's I feel crazy. way less bad about this decision. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it, we're, it we're is still, crazy, we're man. Still, we're still you friends with each other, so it's all good. Yeah. The, the tour manager band relationship is so crazy because it is like, in a sense, it's like your babysitter. It's somebody that like, when they give you a time, you need to be like respectful of that time. But at the same time, you're like, okay, we paid you to give us this time. So it's this weird mentality where you're like, you hire somebody to boss you around and keep you in check. And after a while, like after seven years, I could see how it's like, it will reach a point where you're like, all right, we need like somebody at the helm again that like we're not scared of, but somebody that like, when they tell us to do something, we're going to like listen up. Yeah. And that, that's how it is now. But it's just funny because if we just would have listened to Ron, it probably would have worked. So we just got to a point. He's like, guys, I need you inside by meet and greet at five o'clock. Please sign all your posters. We're like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We're like, we'll be in at five fifteen. We'll sign them after. And then, and then now with our new guy call and he's like, guys, I need you in there by five. We got 85 kids today. And we're like, we're in there at four forty-five, like ready to go. I'm like, dude, poor Ron. I just to listen yeah. to the sometimes. <laughs> that just naturally happens, dude. You know what I mean? Like you have somebody that comes in is supposed to be the responsible one and kind of handle your your touring business, but then you get so comfortable, you're like, oh fuck you. And then he starts saying fuck you back, and then things start slacking on whatever side. And you know, you have to like, especially like you said, like you're getting older and you make, you know, it comes becomes more of a business. You're like, dude, I don't even give a fuck if I like this dude. I just need him to come here and do this business right. You know what I mean? Dude, when Lisa Brownlee tour managed us for three years, uh, like Lisa from Warped, you guys know her. Yeah. It was this, and I, I love her, but man, if she was like, guys, inside at 4.30, we're like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was, having her out with us was definitely a big eye-opener. It taught, it, she taught us definitely how to treat people with more respect, in a sense. You know what I mean? She was, she was the she's the best at what she does, man. It's, it was so funny having her out because it wasn't it wasn't like having your her your mom. It was like having your pissed off auntie all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no one wanted to ever piss her off. Love her to death. No one ever. I mean, yeah. No one ever wants to piss her off. No one. No. No, I, I mean, never wanted would, to piss her off. She would call me. me in the office. Yeah, she called me in the warp tour office like three times when like BC would do something stupid, and I'd be so scared. I'm like, oh my god, she's gonna kill me. She's gonna yeah, kill me. She's, she's always like, now, Dave, you know what you did, right? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, I I'm very stole sorry. That golf cart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we it's bought our own golf cart on Warp Tour. We didn't steal and we bought a golf cart and it worked for four days before it broke down. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was the worst purchase we ever made. We bought this golf cart on Craigslist for like 400 bucks, drove it around for not even 48 hours, and then it just broke, and we just left it in a parking lot somewhere in like Wyoming or where the fuck we were. God, I love that. Uh, <laughs> so you guys, are, you guys are now also managed by uh, Benji and Joel, right? Yeah, man. It's uh... How is that? Like, how is it being managed by like – I've known those dudes forever, like 15, 16 years. Like, how is it being managed by, like, a band that is what you're saying? You know what I mean? Like, you want to look down the road and be like, we're still in a band this much time longer and all this stuff. Dude, I mean, it's – I'm extremely grateful to be working with such, you know, good dudes like them. And um, they, always, they always have the answers. I mean, like, they've gone through – they've gone through the shitty promoters and they've gone through the hiring and firing of tour managers or friends and shit like that. But they always have the answers. That's one thing I love about them because they've lived the same life we all have. So they know, they know what it's like to go on the road and they, they, Benji always gives these fucking little pep talks. Like it's kind of like a dad pep talk. Like he'll, you'll call him and be like, dude, today's like, you know what, dude, look on the bright side, man. He'll like go on this long spiel about things. You're like, you know what? He's right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like those dudes treat us like gold and um, I couldn't be more stoked to be on a team with those guys. Man. That's cool. Well, I think, I think that dynamic is so cool. Cause it's like, you have, you know, these guys that are helping manage your career that have literally gone through everything that you've gone through. It's not like a manager that comes in, you know, cause a lot of managers don't have experience in, being an artist and like grinding in, in, in the artist field you know what I mean so like it has to feel good knowing like you can call them and be like yo we just had this thing that only touring artists could relate to you can like talk with them you know what I mean yeah, like, dynamic is like a shitty merch deal like we were just talking yeah. about signing a shitty merch deal them being like guys we've signed a shitty merch deal before we'll figure it out we're like alright cool <laughs> like let's figure it out yeah well it's like a lot of managers you know, not every manager, but a lot of managers, it's like, they'll never understand what it's like to go on a tour, gross, you know, fucking a million dollars and then come out negative. You know what I mean? Like the manager's getting paid no matter what. So like you, they don't know what that feels like when you like look at them and you're like, yo man, like you're getting paid. He's getting paid. We aren't getting paid. Like we, like who was in charge here to tell us to not do these things? You know, because they don't care. They're like, yeah. oh, you want two buses? That, no problem. You want, you want this? No problem. Like, you're like, yo, you guys are supposed to be the adults here that be like, this is a bad idea. You're not going to get Dude, money. That's what, that's what happened to us before we signed with them. We were like, two buses, semi-truck, and all this shit. And then we get the breakdown sheet from our business manager, and we're like, huh? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why, is, why is there six numbers at the bottom? Like, I don't want to spend this much money. <laughs> yeah. And then the tour was over, and we're like, all right, chump change for the boys, I guess. And then you look at the crew, the, all the crew breakdown and shit, you're like, well, we should start doing this smarter. And that was the last time we ever took out two buses. We were like, how fucking expensive it is. Yeah. Well, well you don't know, dude. Like, sorry, go for it, dude. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, you, you, you have to make those mistakes as you go along. Like, you know, like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing when we're, like, younger. Like, two buses? Fuck yeah. Even, like, one bus, if you can't afford it, you're like, a bus? Fuck yeah, we're getting a bus. And then you're like, we'll figure it out at the end of the tour. End of the tour comes, you're like, all right, we each made 300 bucks for two months. There you go. But we had a sick bus. <laughs> yeah. It is yeah. tight. 
not everyone wants to every like band's dream is to you know get out of the van and get the bus then you realize it's like 70 grand a month for a bus like fuck, (laughs) well you don't think about it right you're like like when you're a kid you're like dude Buses a thousand a day are guarantees twenty five hundred. We can easily get this fucking thing. Have a thousand left over. It's like it's not. It doesn't work that way. You can't get it yet. Don't get it. And you're, yeah, you see, you paid your driver yet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You you don't look at it like that. You're just like you're like, dude. Without merch, if we make twenty five hundred a day and the bus is a thousand a day on paper, we're good to go. It's like there's gas. Something will break. There's your driver. There's your, your whole own crew. crew. Yeah, like, something will break. Heads up for everyone that wants to get in the bus. Eventually, that sucker's going to break once a tour. Oh, you, you need a new AC, you better fork over like 8, 9K, because otherwise you go, you're going hot. You're going hot boxing. Oh, no. I've, I've only had a bus break down twice on a summer tour with no AC, and it was fucking terrible. Dude, yeah, I think, I, I think that only happened to us maybe like once or twice too, like luckily, because we've heard, like I'm sure you've heard crazy fucking horror stories of, summer bus tours with no ac like you're just dying that's low-key how that's low-key how i became close with you with dave is i was in another band on warped in 20 i don't know 13 i know a band i know what band it is yeah it was what up but we were that band we were that band we were like a we were like a major label band that everybody told us like our shit don't stink we're gonna be the biggest pop stars in the world so like we had this horrible skewed mentality and we were like Dude, we have to be in a bus. We have to do, and we cut all these fucking corners. And then all of a sudden, we're in a bus that is completely broken. We can't afford to fix it. Like, we're just stupid. So I just spent more time on the BC bus than I did on my own bus because my bus didn't have any fucking AC. I mean, you were the It Boys, though, dude. I mean, dude, that's a hot, that's a hot take. Dave was in the It Boys for a a song a night (laughs) for for the whole tour. We took him on tour and I put. Yeah, well, we took them on tour and I'd go out and like play bass with them. And like they were doing these like dance moves kind of like Hell throughout yeah. the songs. So they I learned kinda, like they the were dance. full on dance moves. Yeah, they were full on dance moves. <laughs> I, I learned the oh. dance moves while playing bass. <laughs> and we were we were headlining. So I would just come out and they were like the second band. Like I would just come out like <laughs> the second band just playing bass, doing the dances. And then we would just yeah. play the show. You guys did dance moves? They weren't played. dances. They yeah. were like synchronized jumps. Synchronized jumps. They, they did a couple know, like man. spins together. They it was like a, it was in between, it was in between full on dance moves and like synchronized, like, all right, we're all going to jump on this part. You know what I mean? Thousand percent. Thousand percent. I'm watching live videos as soon as this is done. I we, we, had a, <laughs> we had a song hit 90 on the top 100 radio and we did two halves of Warp Tour over two years. So we did the damn thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You were the it boys, dude. It boys in twenty twenty fourteen or whatever fucking year. It's so funny now though because our old singer. I only joined that band because I knew that our singer in that band. I was like, this kid is a fucking superstar. He's gonna be famous. I don't know for fucking what, but I was like, I just trust the fact that this dude is gonna take it all the way. And now he's like one of the biggest like Instagrammers on the fucking planet. Is he really? Yeah, he's just like this. He's like he does those uh. Have you seen that like emo Instagram video? Like the kid that's like all emoed out and like, like shows up and like does like songs to like his girlfriend and shit. No, but I need to see now. Oh, yeah, bro, it's, it's so funny. What's his hashtag? What does he say? Like, uh, emo's not dead. That. I think. Yeah, emo's not dead. His name is so Matt funny. Cut. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, Matt Cut. 
fuck. Oh, man. So uh, what is uh, – do you guys have plans, like, of what you're going to do touring-wise? Because you have this one tour that got rescheduled, right? With, yeah. Uh, who's it with? Amity Affliction, Straight from the Path. God, Amity uh, Affliction is so far. Yeah, so good. And I love Straight from the Path so goddamn much. That's why I'm so sad. Tour. It's, just, it's postponed right now. It is supposed to be in July, but it's probably not going to happen in July. Probably happen, like, next July. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I think every concert is going to be on hold until 2020. Is what I keep what I keep hearing and reading. So it's yeah, like yeah. it's funny. Like I was saying, like every dude in the band or do the tours is like, man, I need a break. But it's like someone just was like, now you get one, and you have to stay home. So fuck you. It's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. The best part is, is that after all this, we're all going to look at each other and be like, I never want a motherfucking break again. I don't need a yeah. break. No, not us, man. We're gonna. We're going to finish this record cycle, probably then release a new record shortly after they on the road, you know, it's, it's a lot, but I, I'd rather be on the road than be at home. Uh, can we talk about how fire that little uh, snippet you posted on your Twitter was of one of the, one of the new songs that shit was fire. Oh dude. Yeah. I've been posting just like two little snippets. One is the song that we're coming out with this summer. And then another one was I wrote with, Andrew Bayless and um, Jaden from that band Siler, they were working on someone else's project in Nashville and Jay hit me up. I was like, yo, you should come in and we should try to get a Siren song today. And I went and I was like, listen, this is the direction we're going. This is where I want to take us. Everyone's getting, everyone in the rock world is getting poppier. But people are going to expect us to and we're doing the complete opposite. Like, I love that. We, like, I don't know, like me and Tommy were talking about earlier, it's like, why, I mean, I get being an artist, you have to do other things, but don't go too far away from your mold. Like, you played that music because you love it. You know what I mean? Like, like we, we started as a heavy band, we got a little poppier, but now we're going to go full-blown fucking balls-to-the-wall heavy. And now I see other, like, these other artists going like, we used to be heavy, now we're getting poppier and poppier. But I'm going I'm to let them do that because... I want to be the heavy band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I think, I think it's cool. I think it's a good dynamic. I think people want to hear Callan scream again. I think people need heavy music right now more than ever with all this shit going on. I feel like there's not usually crazy mosh pits at siren shows, but I feel like after this new record or new put out and the new record and all this quarantine bullshit that's been going on, I feel like our shows are going to get, intense so yeah <laughs> yeah people need like a release man like i love it it's funny we we said the same thing to nick when he was on and we were like dude i love that you guys are doing that because i don't i don't get the bands that are crazy heavy and then like go for this like they like just hear like oh i gotta be on octane and i gotta be on this and it's like yo that's cool but it really doesn't translate to what you think it translates to you know what i mean like there's bands that have the number one song on octane that are not selling as many tickets as a sleeping or, you know, a, another band that is like killing it and like hitting this demographic now that is like starving for something, bro. I look for new like workout music every day and I still got to listen to like your record that I've heard 700 times. Cause there's nothing new. There's like no good band. It's Dude, crazy. And that's the thing is like, we didn't write this record and expect to be on like an octane, but then they were, we just, 
we, we didn't gear our record towards it or anything. And then as soon as they heard it, they're like, oh, this one's going to be on Octane. We're like, I don't understand. Like you were saying, I don't understand why bands like go in and try to be like, we need to write this song for radio. It's like, come yeah. on. Come it never on. works out. That never works out because you get in your own head. You're like, this is not good enough. This is not catchy enough. We need to simplify this. And then you have this conjumbled song of like trying to be like poppy enough to be on the radio, but like it's a rock radio. So it's kind of a weird in-between thing. And it's like, but that's but like also how you guys said it's the right way. Seven minutes long either. No one wants to yeah. listen to a seven minute song. Absolutely. No, like, the general time, four under that's four. two songs. Three seven and a half, song, four minutes. Songs. Three and a That's half, good. four. Yeah, no but it's like fucking, you're not Grateful Dead, man. No, I think a lot of these. I think a lot of these bands they hear like they hear what's going on and like they hear something that like pops off, right? Like Twenty One Pilots, whatever it is, and then they're like, "Yo, we got to emulate that." And it's like, "Yo, what you don't realize is that band wasn't emulating anything. They just did their own thing. And by the time you emulate them, and it comes out, it, it, that that wave will be over. You know what I mean? Like, dude, it takes time to put a record out finish the record, mix the record, master the record, put the single out. But, you know, by the time six months down the road that you were in the studio and you put that song out trying to sound like this 21 Pilots song, they're already on some new shit. That's why you got Yeah, to they're like already working on new material and you're gonna, your band is going to sound like an old 21 Pilots. Exactly. Which is, yeah. I just don't get it, man. It's such a weird mentality. And I think, I think it really has been a huge downfall of, like, the scene that we all grew up in where all these bands just, like, I mean, I... I'm kind of being a hypocrite because we kind of stepped away from, from that. But like, that was what we needed to do. Be true to ourselves. There's some bands out there where I'm just like, yo, you are like shooting yourself in the motherfucking foot right now. Like you could be the biggest band in that scene. If you just owned it, you know, like how you guys are doing right now, you're going to like own it. There's some bands that you look at them from the outside. You're like, dude, you guys could be massive if you just owned it. But instead you're doing the exact opposite of what you should. Be doing. Yeah. And I, I still don't understand why bands are like, like they take like you know like you were saying like 21 pilots like no one wants to hear like it, well being personally but i can maybe speak for a lot of people if i'm gonna listen to 21 pilots i'm gonna listen to 21 pilots i don't want to listen to 21 pilots go into a breakdown like i don't want to listen to that shit Straight like, up. like if you're gonna be a rock band be a fucking rock band you know what i mean like bands bring in like those cool like like bringing the horizon they do it great uh, they they're they're great at they started their own thing you know what i mean architects started like their own sound but now all these bands coming out they want to sound like that like don't try to sound like bring me don't try to sound like architects don't try to sound like sleeping i just want everyone should just try to sound like themselves because you don't so, you're not gonna you're not gonna be successful and you're not gonna be big if you're not unique the reason those like every band i just mentioned does well like data remember extremely unique you know all those dudes like everyone is unique and has their own sound and their own formula so don't ever emulate someone else's formula. The only time it ever worked, I love was that. that first, I love that. The only time it ever worked was that first story of the year record that sounded exactly like the used. <laughs> like you were like, "Oh my god, it did!" Dude, it, it is an exact replica. It it worked so well though. I mean, story of the year is amazing. I love that record. But if you listen to it back to back, you're like, John Feldman at that time knew how to do one thing, and he just did it again. One thing, dude. He, he was just like, did it again. Generation. He's like, I'm gonna take these two bands that wear you know, dicky shorts and eyeliner. I'm going to make them sound exactly the same, but different. <laughs> like, we're going to use that. We're going to use that super small piccolo snare on everything. It's just like, God, God. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But fuck those records are great though, man. No, they're, they're so really good. 
I still listen to that shit. I'm like, God, this shit still hits. Like the dude, that new record, that like, new God. used record is not bad. It is it is good. I gave it I a listen, yesterday. I haven't listened to it yet. I know there's some like unique guest features that I was like a little questionable about, but I love the used anyway. So I'm, I need to give the record a listen to when I go yeah. on tomorrow. I need to I need to jam it. The only thing it's lacking, and we're we're supposed to have them on here, so maybe they're gonna think I'm an asshole for saying this. But the only thing it's really lacking is like. Quinn's not in the band anymore, and some of those guitar licks, man, and those records that he's on, you're just like, fuck, it's so catchy, you know what I mean? And he's not yeah. in the band, so it's it's more like, in, it's got like these industrial parts, they really let like the bass player like run it, but yeah, that's the only thing it was really lacking, but it's good, man. Yeah, I mean, that that's, that's the thing about the use, like, Quinn was, de- like, I love their new guitar player, Joey, the, sweet, most, the sweetest dude in the entire world. With like the use with Quinn, it's like when I hit, I was like, that's that's the kind of shit I want to play. Like, I'm like going back to being unique, like he's extremely unique. And that that's what made that band unique was the way he wrote guitar. Yeah. How are you how do you write? Do you write like are you writing into like a computer most times, like a riff and then like a little drum thing? Are you writing on an acoustic? Like what is your like process? Um it's sometimes like Sometimes I'll start with something electronic. I'm obviously not as good as you guys, though. But sometimes I'll act like I know what I'm doing and try to like make my own little shit on my computer. That's all we do, dude. We just act like we know what we're doing, too. Yeah, you, yeah you're right. Uh, no, it's like sometimes I'll start with electronic something or I'll start with a drum beat. But I usually, I usually kind of do drum beats. I start like I map out what I hear in my head and then I'll write to the drums. That's just the way it's just easier for me to flow that way because there's a background there. You know what I mean? I can't writing click is just extremely stressful. So even when I go into like a studio or anything, I'm like, I'm hearing this drum beat and then I'll play the riff. So I always write the drums first and then the riff comes next. Oh, that's crazy. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that. I would have guessed that you like write the riff first and then write the drums to the riff. Well, like I write, I'll write the riff in my head if that makes sense, but I don't ever lay it down. Like I'll just make sure the drums are, are the right thing first and then lay the riff down. You here, Dave? Uh oh. <laughs> oh, I like that freeze frame on him, though. Yeah, that's a good freeze frame right there. He looks, he looks, he looks a little terrified. He looks scared. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna tell him to call back in. We're almost done. Oh, damn, he's gone. How's your lady been during all this? Good, man. Um, she's not driving me crazy yet, which is good. Well, the first two weeks. She wouldn't like first <laughs> because she's a hairstylist, so we don't know when she's gonna get back to work either. But the first two weeks, she's like, you know, we have three weeks together. Let's get all we have two weeks together before I have to go back to work. Let's get all this house shit done. I'm like, you know what? For you, I'll do anything. Let's remulch the yard. Let's do this. Let's do this. And then we heard on the news, like another two weeks, another two weeks. She's like, oh. I, she's like, I have nothing to do, Jack. Like, what? What do I do? I was like. I don't know, go on a run, just lay in bed, watch the movie. She's like, fuck, I can't do that. <laughs> She's like, you know how I am. She will be outside. So, dude, we stained our deck like six months ago. We didn't do our pillars because they're really fucking obnoxious and big. I was like, here she comes. I hear her. She's coming up the stairs. I'm just in my little studio room hanging out. She goes, hey, I bought stain. We're going to do the pillars today. I'm like, oh. She's finding more projects to do, man. <laughs> Painting birdhouses, buying squirrel feeders, like trimming the trees she's just doing everything she can to stay busy Uh, what about you dude we've just been like 
we're just trying to stick to a schedule. Like I wake up at seven, I'll work out, like do emails and shit. And then I bring her like a coffee and she's a little later sleeper than me. I bring her like a coffee and like breakfast and I'm like, Hey, let's, let's start moving our bones. That's what I always, that's like my easy way of being like, get the fuck up. And yeah. then, uh, <laughs> and then she'll get up and then we go on like a four mile walk with the dog. And then that's the, then we just kind of do whatever, man. Like work on music. She'll do She She's an esthetician. So she's in like the beauty thing too. So yeah, she has it. no idea. She has no yeah. clue. That's what my lady did um, too before she had her esthetician and her hair license. So she did skincare in Florida and then she fell back in love with hair when we moved out to Nashville. So she's been doing that nonstop. Six. Yeah, um, man. All right. How's well, Dave's, Dave's locked out, but me and you will just talk for another five and then call it a day. Sick. How's the, how's the home quarantine workout going? Dude, it's, it's, it's okay. Luckily for me, I have like a pull-up bar and I have uh, dip bars and then I have a shitload of monster. So I just literally like stack hella monster together and like tape it together as my weight. And then I just do pull-ups, push-ups and like dips. It's obviously not like going to the gym, but you know, how about you? How's it going for you? Dude, I'm, I got lucky. So about two years ago, I convinced the band to buy Bowflex weights and a bench to bring on tour. And then it's stored here in Nashville. So I went and grabbed it out of the storage unit. So I got the, <laughs> I have like convertible Bowflex weights and a bench. In my backyard, I have like a deck so I can do like dips and lunges and all that other shit. So pretty close to having a gym. Not everything you'd want, but close enough. Yeah, that's good. Fucking A. All right, I well, a monster fridge in my house, dude. What's up, dude? Get me a dude, monster you, fridge. Are you guys not sponsored by Monster? No, but I'd love to be. Bro, I'll I love that you. shit. I'll connect you to Tim, man. He's the best. Monster is the best. I mean, not only do they like fully like financially support us, which is fucking amazing, but they are just the best company, dude. They like, I'm not even just saying this because they financially support us. Like anything we need, they, we, they go above and beyond, dude. If we're like, yo, we, we need a little bit of extra money for a video. They're like, throw a can in there, man. Like we got you. Like if, uh, you know, like they drop off product at my house every single day. They are always hitting us up to be like, yo, how can we like cross promote you guys? What can we do? Like it's, it's, it's a dope ass team to be a part of. Yeah, man. I'd love that. The only thing I'm not doing is I'm not going to wear one of those, uh, enter the, the wristbands on my arm when I play. I guitar. don't have one. Of, I don't have one of those. I just drink a, we, a headband? we need to get you a headband. I'll do a headband, dude. I'll rock a headband. <laughs> um, all right. Well, dude, it's been an hour. You're the best. Dave's not coming back in here cause he can't figure ah, out. Fuck Dave. But, uh, yo, thank you for doing this. Uh, I course. love you. And uh, I'll talk to you later just because I'm your friend, not because you're on a podcast. Yeah, dude, I'll give you a call later. I'll send you that song whenever we get off the phone. Dude, please send it. I want to hear it. Yeah, baby, I'll send it to you. All right, brother. All right, later, man. Later.